Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from The Lancet. I'm Catherine Rolfe and this week we are joined by Professor Peter Fleming who is an author of an article which reports the findings of the confidential inquiry into premature deaths of people with intellectual disabilities in the UK. Let's hear from him introducing himself. My name is Peter Fleming. I'm a professor of child health at the University of Bristol. Professor Fleming, thank you for joining us today. What research has been done historically concerning intellectual disability and premature death, and what are some of the factors responsible for premature mortality in this population? There's been a number of studies done in the past, starting with Professor Sheila Holland in London in the 1990s, who looked at the outcomes for people with intellectual disabilities and found that the risk of them dying before the age of 50 was more than 50 times higher than for the general population in the UK. And that the most common, the most important contributory factor to that was respiratory disease. And these were particularly associated with other comorbidities, things like cerebral palsy, difficulty with mobility, and being resident in hospital. That was followed up in 2007 by a study by Mencap called Death by Indifference, which looked at the outcomes for six people with intellectual disabilities in the care of the NHS and came to the conclusion that their care really constituted institutional discrimination against people with intellectual disabilities. That was followed up by a report by Sir Jonathan Michael looking at what lessons could be learned from that information and concluded that there was evidence of a significant level of avoidable suffering and a high likelihood that many of these deaths were occurring that could have been avoided. So in the past, there have been a number of large studies and some other studies, particularly in the Leicester area, focusing on factors that might be avoidable or preventable that contribute to the early deaths of people with intellectual disability and showing that, again, all-cause mortality for such individuals was up to 17 times higher than for the general population, particularly in women. And what were the main findings of the 2008 Michael report, which led to the commissioning of the confidential report by the UK Department of Health? Well, Sir Jonathan Michael's report really followed up on the death by indifference report from MenCap. And he came to the conclusion that there was convincing evidence that people with intellectual disabilities have a higher level of unmet need and receive less effective treatment than other people. He noted that people with intellectual disabilities found it much harder than other people to access assessment and treatment for general health problems have nothing to do with their disability. And there was insufficient attention given to making reasonable adjustments as required under the discrimination legislation so that people could be allowed to access equal treatment. He found that parents and carers of people with learning disabilities often found their opinions and assessments being ignored by health professionals and really struggled to be accepted as partners in this care process. He found that health staff, particularly those in general health care, have very limited knowledge or understanding of intellectual disability and of the relevant legislative anti-discriminatory framework within which they should work. So they just didn't know what they were supposed to be doing. And he also found that the partnership working between different agencies dealing with people with intellectual disabilities was often very poor. None of the agencies knew how the other ones worked, and so they couldn't communicate with each other, and they were missing the message very commonly. And what was the main research aim of this population study? Our main aims were, firstly, to detect potentially modifiable contributory factors to the care of people with intellectual disabilities who subsequently died. We wanted to identify if there were any inadequate pathways or care or gaps in the treatment, things we might be able to do something about, particularly where those have contributed to adverse outcomes. We wanted to contribute to the evidence base for the best clinical and professional practice for meeting the needs of people with intellectual disabilities.
facilities and to provide information for primary care trusts or now primary care groups and local authorities to guide the commissioning of services to meet the needs of people with intellectual disabilities and finally to improve the standard and quality of care for people with intellectual disabilities and ultimately their health outcomes. And what were the main findings of the study? There are a number of quite important findings. First off, we reviewed the deaths of 247 people with intellectual disabilities in this geographic area over the two-year period, which is approximately two and a half times as many as we thought we were going to based on previous estimates. So both the numbers of people with intellectual disabilities are greater and the death rates amongst them are greater than we'd expected. The median age of death for people with intellectual disabilities was 65 for men and 63 for women, which is significantly less than the UK population, which is 78 for men and 83 for women. So men were dying on average 13 years earlier than men in the general population and women 20 years earlier than in the general population. And about between a fifth and a quarter of people with intellectual disabilities died before they reached the age of 50, which is three or four times as many as in the general population. The causes of death, which was heart and circulatory disorders, cancer, were very similar between the population of people with learning disability and the general population, but they were commonly experiencing difficulties accessing appropriate care. The final event leading to death was most commonly a respiratory infection in people with intellectual disability, and many of them had pneumonia as their final cause of death, and they're not currently viewed as a high-risk group for respiratory illness, so for example, to get influenza immunisation. The other finding was that the UK Office for National Statistics defines avoidable deaths as those that are preventable, amenable, or both. So a preventable death is one where all or most deaths from that condition could be prevented by appropriate public health intervention. For example, stopping smoking and alcohol and so on. An amenable death is one that could be prevented by provision of appropriate or high-quality health care. And what we found was that amongst the people with learning disability, the avoidable deaths from causes that were amenable to change by good quality health care were three times as common as in the general population. So 35% of the deaths were potentially avoidable by provision of better quality health care, whereas those that were related to public health interventions were not greatly different between the two groups, between the general population and the people with learning disability. Finally, uniquely amongst studies of the outcomes of people with learning disability, we also did the same type of investigation in a group of people in the same communities at the same time who didn't have learning disabilities to try and see how much of the problem was related to, if you like, general quality of availability of NHS resources and how much was specific to people with learning disability. And what we found in that was that for the group of people with learning disabilities who were matched to the comparators by age, area of residence, broad causes of death, we found that there was a hugely increased prevalence of difficulties in obtaining initial quality of care, diagnostic processes, families and carers being listened to, appropriate following of the Mental Capacity Act, and adjusting care needs as people's needs change. So all of those were much, much worse for people with learning disability. The confidential report makes many recommendations. Could you give examples and summarise your main conclusions from this study? 
quality and effectiveness of social care given to people with intellectual disabilities has been shown to be deficient in a number of ways. And we made a total of 18 recommendations. But the most important of those were that we need to identify people with learning disabilities in healthcare settings so that we can then make sure that we provide the appropriate adjustments and to record, implement and audit the provision of reasonable adjustments to make sure that they don't suffer serious disadvantage in the quality of their care. The second key recommendation relates to the need for better care coordination of people with intellectual disabilities, many of whom have comorbidities and who, for a range of reasons, managing multiple health appointments, responding to changes in treatment is difficult. Thirdly, we highlighted the absence of national data about the age and cause of death of people with intellectual disabilities. We've recommended the linkage of registers of people with learning disabilities with mortality data so that, as a minimum, we collect national standardised mortality data and monitor on an ongoing basis the proportion of deaths amenable to good quality health care so we can actually look at whether we're doing better. We've recommended that this information is disaggregated to local level so that it can inform joint strategic needs assessments. And we've also recommended the establishment of a National Mortality Review Board to scrutinise in more depth a proportion of the deaths of people with intellectual disabilities on an ongoing basis so that responsive measures can be taken to common contributory factors to premature death. And then finally, our main conclusion is that by reviewing the circumstances leading to the deaths of a subset of people with intellectual disabilities and a comparator group of people without intellectual disabilities, it appears that contributory factors factors to the deaths of people with intellectual disabilities occur across a number of domains, but more in relation to care and service provision. It's really important that we sharpen our focus and examine problems with care and service provision for this population as contributory factors to their deaths. Factors can largely be ameliorated or avoided altogether. Professor Peter Fleming, thank you for speaking with The Lancet. Thank you.